The Lord among us is mighty. Amen. Amen. The Lord among us is mighty. Hallelujah. And He's present. He's present here. The Lord among us is mighty. And mighty are His works. Great are His works. Great are His powers. And He's got great and mighty things for you and I in this land. Will anybody say amen? Amen. 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 Yeah, let faith arise. How many of you were here this morning? Can I see a show of hands? Oh, wonderful, beautiful. It was a beautiful service, and uh, we were so blessed, so blessed. And uh, I was preparing about, uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, I never, never knew Esther, and uh, I had no idea that Esther was going to talk about faith, but this is what the Lord has placed in my heart to speak about, that faith and hope in the midst of doubt. Yeah, faith and hope in the midst of doubt. I, I, I will start off with where I begin in my journey in faith. In uh, James chapter 1 verse 6, I'll read for you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Now, this, is, this, this verse is very true, but uh, sometimes... When we take one verse out of the whole Bible and make a doctrine out of it, it can be very damaging also. And uh, as, as I began my journey as a Christian about 40 years ago, and this was one of the earlier verses that I've read, and every time I pray, you know, it's like, you know, you, you want to have the aura of faith around you, and uh, any, any, anything that, or any reasoning, or any circumstances that is imposed upon your thoughts and heart, begin to shaken the faith, and you wobble, and, and become, faith becomes very shaky and thin. And uh, that, that's where I begin my faith. Because I, I always uh, was told that when you have faith, when you pray, you must not doubt. And God will do great and mighty things. There is truth in that. But there is more than that for us to understand in the kingdom of God. Faith is definitely required by God as we seek Him and pray. This is consistent in the gospel as well as the whole Bible. But as we continue our journey in the Lord, God will teach us more than just one scripture. He will teach us principles in the kingdom of God. I remember, I have shared this before, this testimony. About a year after I came to know the Lord, I was still a, a secondary school teacher, or high school as you call it here. And uh, I was posted to a remote place. And, uh, and there we were in, in a very isolated school, which is surrounded by jungle. And there was no uh, church that is evangelical or born again, uh, charismatic, no such thing. And, and the only group of people that were leading a church are, are a group of leaders who will preach in the morning and in the afternoon they practice witchcraft in the village. So that was the only church that existed in that city, in that town. And it's a small place in the, in the hearts of uh, East Malaysia, Sarawak. If you, you can Google it in front of, on top of Borneo. So while we were there, a few months after I arrived there, I was about a year old as a Christian. And uh, then one day, a Muslim teacher came and approached me and told us that there are two ladies that were in this room, uh, in one of the dormitories. Uh, the dormitories were meant for the girls, but because they don't have enough accommodation, there's no place to rent outside the school. It's all surrounded by jungle. So these two ladies shared one room at the end of the girls' dormitory. And uh, here is the Muslim teacher reporting to me that these two ladies saw demonic spirits appearing in their room. It 
the doors that were locked would open the first night, the second night, and the third night they make sure it's secure and it's still opened. And uh, what they saw was that these two eerie figures appearing in front of them. And so the next morning they asked this Muslim uh, man who's a colleague of mine to go and look for a witch doctor. But you know, God used donkeys and God used fools. God uses anybody. And he asked them this question, uh, why are you looking for witchcraft? Because one of them are from a particular traditional church. He says, you are supposed to be a Christian. Why don't you go and look for your church leaders to come and do something about it? Hallelujah. Now, where are the church pastors and leaders in that place? There wasn't any church in that town that was talking about the power of God. They're talking about the power of witchcraft in the afternoon after service is over in the morning. So he came to me and here we are, you know, I was leading a Christian fellowship in this school and we used to sing songs like, what a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him. And we used to sing other songs in Indonesia. Allah kita heran dan besar. Amen. We have a couple from Indonesia visiting church today. Yeah, Allah kita heran dan besar. So we used to storm, you know, uh, storm the place in worship and sing, sing in, in the classrooms where we were allowed to fellowship it. And here is an opportunity where people are talking about demonic spirits appearing in the room. I was only a year as a Christian. And, uh, you know, my heart was like flip-flop, flip-flop, you know. I want, I want to see God's power. I want to see the miracle. But, you know, again then, you know, do I have enough faith? You know, I don't want to embarrass the Christian community. First of all, I don't want to embarrass my God there. So that, that was my position. Uh, one year old as a Christian. So what, what I did was I, I looked for another teacher who's got some connections with some evangelical church in another town who was also teaching there. So I told him, hey, can you come along with me? And we went to that house that evening. And what we did was just worship Jesus in that place. And we brought some, uh, uh, some of the girls who are committee members in the Christian fellowship, worship Jesus. And we applied the blood of Jesus in that room and applied the power in the name of Jesus. And that's all we did. And that's all we know. And inside, you know, there was still that flip-flop, flip-flop. You know, but, uh, you know, we really want God to show up. Well, 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 will God show up? You know, that was that moment of, you know, of wavering inside. But, uh, uh, the next day, the, the two ladies were staying in the room. One is about 40 plus, 20 plus. So it's not about having a, a vision, but two people saw what they saw. So they went and reported to another teacher. Last night after they came and prayed in our room, that night the room was suddenly a new room. The whole atmosphere changed in that room. And I was there for nine years and never before the doors in that dormitory opened by itself again. All glory to Jesus. Now, sometimes, sometimes we are, you know, having that moment of, we are having the flip-flop sensation inside. And we want God to work. And sometimes there's this aura of faith. And we go by faith and we believe God is going to do a miracle. And we declare and pray. And God hears the prayer, but we did not see what we want to see. So where is faith measured? Is it based on our sensations and feelings? 
And as years went by, I began to realize that my faith relies not on what I feel or see, but it depends on, on a person. Faith is about him. Faith is about a person. Faith is not about the result. Faith is not about the sensation or the aura that we feel at that moment. Though God moves in signs and wonders, but God is able to do much more than what we can sense. Greater things happen more than what we can sense in that place. God is so good and so great. So as, as we went on, and uh, I begin to realize we waver in our faith because of many reasons. Sometimes it could be due to circumstances. Sometimes it's too much reasoning. Sometimes uh, uh, these are counsels given by well-intended persons. Now, don't uh, believe me. I believe in godly counseling. But godly counseling must match up with the word with the Spirit, and also with the direction of God for your life. Yep. So, so we, need to, we need to seek for wise counseling. And sometimes it's a lack of confidence. That's why we waver in our faith. A lack of confidence due to what has happened in the past. We are still held on, and we are still holding on to what has happened in the past. We have not broken that, and we have not left that behind, and we have not moved on with Jesus in our journey. We are still living in the past in our soul, and God wants us to be free from that. In Hebrews 11.5, faith is being sure what we hope for, and certain for what we are not see, and, uh, what we do not see. And sometimes the lack of conf uh, or the confidence in faith and hope brings us into a place of despair. And because of that, that feeling of despair, we become disappointed. Like the scripture says that, that uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And uh, we begin to feel disappointed, discouraged, and we feel that, oh, maybe I don't have, my faith is not adequate. I don't have that level of faith. And uh, I'm not able to reach that level. Maybe so-and-so, you know, uh, maybe uh, Pastor Gideon or, or maybe Finley has got that level of faith, you know. But uh, uh, I'm still, you know, having my flip-flop every day. Yes, we will continue to have the flip-flop till Christ comes again. Because our faith depends not on what we hear and see. It depends on that person, and that is Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, I believe, as we heard this morning, our faith is grounded and hell, and it depends on Jesus. So we depend on His faithfulness. We depend on His promises. We depend on what He has said. We depend on who He is and what He has done in the past, He can do again. And, what, and how He has delivered in the past, He can deliver again, and He will do it in the future. He is a God that changed not. The Lord among us is mighty. And I felt that the word the Lord gave me this evening is the Lord among us is mighty. Irrespective of what circumstances you are facing, let us continue to declare that the Lord among us is mighty. Walls are going to come down. Doors are going to open. Miracles are going to take place. Revival is going to happen. Families are going to be saved. Loved ones are going to come to the kingdom. Lives are going to be set free. Chains are going to be broken. You will be amazed by what God is going to do these days in your midst. Hallelujah. Give Him all the glory. Are you expecting something great from God? Yes. If you are, let us say, the Lord among us is mighty. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So He is mighty. So let us look at the scriptures and look at how Jesus handled some doubtful situations in, in the scriptures. So we look at uh, 
John, uh, John chapter 1, verse 29 to 34. John 1, verse 29 to 34. The next day, this was talking about John the Baptist. He saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me. Before he was, because he was before me, I myself did not know. But for this purpose, I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. And he said that, I saw uh, the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and borne witness that this is the Son of God. Such was the experience of John the Baptist. Can you imagine this experience of John? People talk about having amazing spiritual experiences. But look at John. He virtually experienced the Holy Trinity. We don't see this in many parts of the Bible. There was the audible voice of the Father. This is, the, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. And He was touching and baptizing the Son. And He saw the Holy Spirit come down like a dove. He was experiencing revelation. He was experiencing the inside of God, declaring, I bow witness, this is the Son of God. Here's the Father, sees the Son, sees the Holy Spirit, have the inner witness, and this was John. But later on, we know that John was put in prison because he publicly declared what Herodotus was doing is purely adultery. And what happened to John? We look at uh, uh, what, what did jo uh, the disciples do. They, the, uh, the disciples of John actually uh, went to him. And they began to uh, ask Jesus when John instructed them to find out, are you the one or should we... Expect someone else. What happened to John? That, that, that experience by River Jordan seems like a dream so far away. He was in prison after Herod wanted to persecute and behead him. While he waited dead, doubt, the, the, the flies like doubt began to just fly around his head. And, and he was buzzing around his head. And he was in doubt. But he had good friends who would go to Jesus on behalf of him. Sometimes in moments like that, we need the body of Christ to stand together with us. And so, John had his disciples go to Jesus. And how did Jesus answer? What did Jesus do? How did Jesus answer here? And uh, we look at uh, in Matthew 11, verse 4 to 5, Jesus answered, he didn't say, yes, I am, or no, I am not. He says, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. And the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. He was pointing John towards Isaiah 35 and Isaiah 61. He says, look, this is the evidence. He was not asking John to muster up or build faith out of vacuum. And he was giving evidence. Sometimes when we go through the, mo the moments of doubt and we can't see God at that particular moment, perhaps we need to look at the evidence of God existing and God moving around us. 
This person was healed and this person was set free. This person had a door open in her life and this person got a job and they are testifying of the goodness of God. Maybe it's a moment of us walking through the valley of the shadow of death, a moment of wilderness, a moment of being tested. But let us look around at the evidence and Jesus gave solid evidence for John to believe. He did not condemn John and say, John, you got the biggest revelation at that time. No, he actually commended John. And he said, uh, he, he commended John and says that in Matthew 11, 11, saying that among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John. You know, it, it encouraged me so much that in the midst of doubt, God has good thoughts about us. Isn't that amazing? In the midst of doubt, he's having good thoughts about us. In the midst of John's doubt, Jesus was commending him. There's no one greater than him. He's putting up high. What amazing God we serve. Amazing Jesus. And then comes the next revelation. Second, the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. We thought John was the greatest born among women. But now Jesus says that the one that is who's least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. We who are in the kingdom of heaven, we are not born of a woman to become to enter the kingdom of God. We are born of the Spirit. John was born of a woman. We are born in the natural art of our mothers, but when we come into the kingdom of God, it's because we are born in the Spirit. And those who are born of the Spirit are overcomers. We are greater, and we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we are under a new covenant. John was under an old covenant, and the new covenant is far superior than the old covenant. So anyone who is the least in the kingdom of God, and today, if you do not have Jesus, you cannot be part of the kingdom of God. And if you would open your heart to Jesus, you become part of the kingdom of God. And you just need to say yes to Jesus. And even if you are feeling that you are the least, and your faith is the smallest, even smallest among the mustard seed, that is enough for you to be great in the kingdom of God. And you are seated in the heavenly places with Christ. And for eternity, His righteousness is upon you. And you are greater than John the Baptist. Hallelujah. What a mighty revelation is that being declared by Jesus to His disciples and the disciples of John. Jesus did not condemn John when he was in doubt, but He commended him. He says, I'm humble and meek. And He comes and He's gentle with us when we go through the moments of doubt. In Matthew 12, 20, Matthew, uh, the, the prophet Isaiah is quoted there. A bruised reed he will not break. A bruised reed is weak and is about to be broken and would be ignored by many. Or we might just cut and throw it away. It's already bruised. It's no good. It's weak. It's, it's not going to bear flowers and bear fruit. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. And sometimes we feel that our faith is like a smoldering wick. He will not snuff it out, but He will come and fan it, and He will come and encourage us. He comes as a comforter. He comes as a brother. He comes as a counselor. He comes to the weak, and, and He says, the weak, 
will become strong. We say, let's, let us say that the weak, I'm strong because of what he has done, because of what Christ is in our lives. So he is so faithful to the weak and to the doubt. He does not despise us when we are weak. He's having good thoughts. And the day when you pray, the moment you are walking by faith, even though our faith wavers, He does not condemn. He has good thoughts about us. His thoughts about us will not change. And He is a mighty God who is full of grace. In Mark chapter, chapter 9, we see a father that comes to Jesus. There was a father that was worried and disappointed when the disciples could not cast the demon out of his son. He asked Jesus, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus responded, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. The father cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. In essence, he's saying, my faith is not perfect. I may not have enough faith. If my faith is not enough, please help me to have enough. He humbled himself to Jesus. He was crying out to Jesus. Perhaps his faith was affected when the disciples could not cast the demon out. Sometimes our faith gets affected when person A, person number one prayed, person number two prayed, person number three prayed. Our faith goes down and down and down. But Jesus is still looking at us. He wants us to continue to lean on his faithfulness not the strength of our faith, but lean on His promises, lean on His faithfulness, lean unto His name, lean unto the name of Jesus. He's there faithfully. He changes not. The Lord among us is mighty, and mighty are the things that He wants to do. So God was not God. God, 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 God is not uh, shocked by all our 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 doubts, and He knows us before we were born. He knew our weaknesses. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in our weaknesses, Christ died for us. How much more now that we are in the faith, and for the people of faith, Jesus will do anything. And He is able, and He will be, uh, uh, he will be with us all through the time. So in, as we continue to to, to ponder upon God's grace and mercy. Let us continue to believe God under all circumstances. It is not based on how we feel at the moment, but we are resting on Him. We are resting on His promises. We are resting on His faithfulness. And God is able to do much more than what we can ask. This morning we heard about Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we heard about all the mighty men of faith. And if we begin to read one by one story, these mighty men of faith had their moments of doubt, had their moments of weaknesses, had their moments of fall, but yet God commended them for their faith and their names are written there. And I would encourage you, you could be living behind a legacy of faith in your family. You could be living behind a legacy of faith among your friends. 
You may think that you are weak, that you, you may think that you waver in your faith, but when you persist on and rely on Him, rely on His promises, rely on the name of Jesus, He will come at the appointed time. He will show up. He will not disappoint you because He's a God of hope, and the God of hope will not disappoint us. God is with us, and He changes not. So I would like to encourage you, if this man in Hebrews chapter 11, this man and woman of faith were commended for their faith, God has a place for you written in His book of life where your faith will be commended as you continue to stand, as you continue to, to press on. Abraham, who doubted, was known as a friend of God. John the Baptist, who doubted, was known as no one born of woman is greater than him. Peter, that doubted, was known as the apostle and the pillar of church. God does not want us to drown in our doubts. He wants us to rise up because He is faithful and He changes not. There are many things that God wants to do and have us experience. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, hearts have not conceived the great and mighty things that God has for you and me. So in all humility, John the Baptist sends for help, asking for clarification. The father who says that, Lord, I believe. In humility, he says, help my unbelief. Peter, who was drowning, he stretches out his hand to Jesus. He said, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out to him. Neither of them were condemned. Neither of them were, were cast out. And God does not want us to abandon faith when we waver. Because He is faithful when we are faithless. And He changes not. And Jude, chapter, uh, in uh, the book of Jude, the, the scripture says that God wants us to have mercy to those who doubt. And when we look into the scriptures, there are none that are having perfect faith. And there's only one that has that faith. And that is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Why is it that He's the perfecter of our faith? It is not only He ran the race till the cross and resurrection and He ascended to heaven, but He's the one that fills in the gap for us if our faith is this level. But He's the perfecter of our faith. He's the perfecter of our faith. And I pray the Holy Spirit will, will begin to show you that, that He's the perfecter. Where we fall short, He steps in. He's the perfecter of our faith. We cannot produce that faith by our own our feelings and, and, and our own flesh because faith comes from heaven. And He's the pioneer of the faith. And Spirit of God comes, faith is born in our lives. And we cannot make the faith grow just by ourselves. We need to walk with God. And we move from faith to faith. But Jesus is the perfecter of the faith. And the scripture says, fix your eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Let us look to Jesus. Hallelujah. Is there anyone this evening whom you feel that You've been wavering your faith. And because of some circumstances that you went through, you felt disappointed in your journey of faith. You, feel, you felt that your faith has been stunted or your faith has been paralyzed. You want to pick it up 
but you can't pick it up. But Jesus will come alongside. He will heal you of those disappointments. He will set you free of those moments. And the Holy Spirit is here. And we would like to welcome you to the front. There are many brothers and sisters. This is a family of God that support one another. God wants to touch and rekindle that fire. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He wants to rekindle that fire of faith in your lives today. As we sing this song, turn your eyes to Jesus. Would you come? Would you come? As we sing this song, turn your eyes to Jesus. If you have a need, you feel that your faith has been stagnated, would you rise up? The Holy Spirit will touch and He will minister to you today. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, Turn the author and perfecter. Would you come to Jesus this evening and let him lead you on? opportunity. Stand up at your feet and begin to respond to Jesus. Let's all stand up together as we sing this song. one of you that needs prayer, ministry in the area of faith, you feel that you need a breakthrough. It has been there for long and you've been living by your own reasoning. This evening, take a step forward. Come to Jesus. Let Him rekindle that fire. That smoldering wick will burn with flame again for Jesus.